All right. I am here with Krish Ramaneni, founder and CEO of Fireflies. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, I've, I've seen your little firefly floating around on <laughs> various Zoom calls for the last several years uh, and glad we got to connect. Um, so before we kind of get into, you know, the journey of fireflies, I'd love to hear about you and, and what got you into product and entrepreneurship and ultimately founding your company. Absolutely. So I actually started uh, working on product while I was in college. I didn't even know about product as a role at that time, but I started working with a few other startups. I did my own couple projects in college, uh, worked with a few MBAs, a few engineers. And through that process, I realized, wow, I didn't even know this sort of role existed um, in a company. I thought it was traditionally software engineers or you're in marketing. And I had so much fun. I ended up applying to Microsoft uh, and then getting into the PM role over there. And it was slightly more technical, but got a hand on it um, and had a ton of fun. Uh, so it, it was an interesting journey to start with. But what was more inspiring was you have a lot of freedom and flexibility to go do really cool things. And you are really the CEO of your feature or functionality. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the aspiration kind of grew. And in my mind, I said, how can I learn even more and how can I move at a much faster pace? And that's what led to thinking about doing a startup. But before we could do that, we had to find a really important pain point that is worth solving for customers. And uh, that took actually like two years. Um, surprisingly, it wasn't something that happened instantly overnight. Uh, but once we found mm -hmm. something that we were really passionate about, me and my co-founder, uh, we double down and uh, I think, yeah, it's been product-led journey from the very start. Uh, every aspect of the business we build, we think about the customer, the product, um, and I use a lot of the skills I learned as a PM. Oh, amazing. All right. We're going to dive into that. That's a big, uh, big topic of mine. Um, but let's dig in a little bit more. Tell me about that journey to find the pain point. When we first started with Fireflies, we had so many different iterations the first was a Chrome extension that would detect tasks as you're messaging your friends on different apps, LinkedIn, Slack, uh, Facebook Messenger. It was a really nifty product, but the market at that time wasn't quite ready for it. And the technology wasn't also quite there in terms of NLP. But the idea of creating automatic to-do lists as I go about doing my work was a really exciting idea. Like It was all around productivity and uh, helping me stay organized. Another mm. product we worked on was, okay, there's tons of emails. Um, how do I help prioritize the ones that actually require replying right now versus a week from now? Uh, so all of our experiments were focused around this idea of there is knowledge buried inside conversations and how can we help uh, people understand their conversations better? And then we even did something over a Slack bot where every time you message on Slack saying, hey, I'm going to submit this report to you by next Friday, the Slack bot would create an automatic task for you. So really, really, I think, exciting ideas at the time. But we felt like we needed to go into a market where there was much bigger opportunity to address. And you needed something where there was distribution effects and nothing better came to mind than meetings. The idea with meetings is they are so expensive. Spotify just released a recent report mm -hmm. saying that an average 30-minute meeting could cost you $1,500 to $2,000 per hour. That's mm -hmm. expensive. Now, imagine bringing in more than four people 
it's like $5,000 per hour. Uh, so we felt meetings were very expensive. Meetings are where people spend 60% of their time, especially if you're a knowledge worker. And today, I can go back to an email I sent two years ago, but I can't go back and remember what I said on a meeting two hours ago. And that's what led to the origins of Fireflies, where we said, what if we index all these meetings and conversations, transcribe them, make them searchable, and generate notes for people? And uh, lo and behold, we built like the first iterations of Fireflies. And uh, although the notes at that time and the transcripts were not perfect, uh, it was getting headwinds and people were very interested in utilizing the product. Uh, eventually, we launched in January 2020, uh, made lots of iterations, lots of improvements. And today, Fireflies, the AI note taker, you'll probably see in a lot of meetings that you attend, uh, that you create yourself or that others uh, invite Fireflies to, and it's being used across almost 150,000 organizations, people inside those organizations, uh, takes notes for millions of people, uh, and it's been quite a journey uh, since the start of the pandemic. Wow. You know, it's funny, we, we talk about being product-led. I've never seen a single piece of marketing or content from Fireflies. I know about it because it just shows up in all of my meetings, right? What an incredible way to get the uh, the message out there. Um, but so let, rewind a little bit. Um, so it sounds like these ideas that you uh, that you prototyped were testing out were sort of things, you know, problems that you were dealing with in your in your daily life. Is that kind of how the the ideation went? As you were looking for problems in your own space, or did you do some broader research? If there's PMs in the audience or aspiring PMs, one thing they'll know is that the day in the life of a PM is organizing lots of meetings yeah. and writing follow up notes for people. And you're doing all the other stuff, the product stuff, the insights, the analytics, the running scripts, but meetings just took up so much of my time. I would have six, seven back-to-back -back meetings, uh, mm -hmm. meetings with customers, meetings with stakeholders, meetings with your leadership team, uh, presenting your ideas, getting approval, uh, meetings with engineers, although we like to protect our engineers' time and not get them into any meetings if required so that they can be focused. Uh, to me, it was just such a big part of what I did every single day. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I wish I had my own business admin or personal secretary that can help manage my meetings, right? Mm -hmm. It's not till very recently that we hired our own um, assistant for the team, um, but that was the idea. And so what if I can make Fireflies into a chief of staff that mm -hmm. every person in the team can use, not just the executive or the president? So that was something that uh, really inspired me while I was at Microsoft. Uh, but I also had a chance to work on different NLP projects, not related to meetings, but like very interesting projects around customer insights, like when customers leave negative feedback or positive feedback on support tickets or uh, in-app uh, messages. Uh, how do you analyze that feedback and then send that over to different teams to help them make better product decisions? So mm -hmm. I think the theme was always about understanding and breaking down conversations and getting meaning out of it. Um, mm -hmm. So that really was both the problem and the technology areas of interest for me. And NLP was just getting started at that time. So yeah. it was very, uh, it, we were fortuitous in terms of the timing. Wow. Yeah. And you mentioned the cost of meetings. Um, this was actually something when I was at Qualcomm, uh, our, you know, our CIO had talked about meetings being wasteful and inefficient and threw out a number. I think the average, you know, across the company, 
the average man hour, person hour was $150 at the time. And so he just kind of threw out there. He said, well, so if you think about when you're in your meetings, multiply the number of people in that room by 150, and that's how much that meeting is costing the company. So they should be worth it. So what I just started doing was at the start of all of our meetings up in the agenda slide, I had a little thing. I said, this meeting is going to cost, you know, $1,250, whatever it is. And I kind of threw it up there. I said, so how are we going to make this meeting worth that much money? Right. And now the first thing it did is obviously it, it, it gave us that incentive to uh, uh, to invite fewer people to meetings. Right. Only make them essential. But then obviously also that that was sort of a call to action um, to be more intentional and efficient about it as well. Um, but you're absolutely right that, you know, meetings are tend to be productivity killers, um, especially at large companies, but, you know, across the board. So anything we can do uh, to make those more efficient, more effective, more productive um, is a huge value to to any any company out there. So so you had this idea. Um, you'd been going through these prototypes. Um, you know, you came across the idea of Firefly. So how did you validate that? How did you know that it wasn't just your problem, but it was really a big enough problem, and then that your solution was actually something that that had legs? Before, when we had done various projects, we would code for six months and then we'd reduce the iteration cycle to four months to launch, then three months to launch. In the case of Fireflies, uh, the current version that you see today, the one biggest difference we did was I went and told my CTO and we both came to the agreement that we would not write a single line of code until we validated mm -hmm. and got paying customers. So that's obviously mm -hmm. a hard challenge when you don't have a product in place. But what we did was we built the most minimal things possible to allow a group of about 10, 15 of our close friends to say, hey, we have an AI note taker and uh, it's going to cost you this much per month. And uh, would you be willing to do it as part of a alpha? And we had them. And what we did at that time was uh, we would have a human in the loop process where the system would record it and then the human would clean up the notes and then... Uh, send them over, right? We did it with a very mm -hmm. small group of people that we mm -hmm. knew. Um, we were able to validate there was a need and people's willingness to pay tons and tons of money for it. Uh, but now the hard challenge was how do you remove the humans in the loop process? We've spoken to VCs who actually said, hey, there are some companies that do humans in the loop like Scale AI, and maybe you should think about doing that. But in my mind, if you wanted to scale it to every knowledge worker in the world, every person that's using Zoom or Google Meet or Skype or WebEx or Microsoft Teams, we had to make it fully automated. And mm -hmm. it was a trade-off between accuracy, quality, and uh, cost. And you pick your poison. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we decided exclusively that it's going to be 100% automated. Uh, we're going to work on the technology, make it better over time. And through that journey, right, the transcription quality went from like 80 to 95%. Today, it's indiscernible between how Fireflies transcribes versus maybe how a human would write it. Um, back then, the cost of transcription was almost a dollar per minute or more. So if you're spending $120 on two 30-minute meetings, right, or mm -hmm. two 60-minute uh, meetings, that's expensive. Uh, but today, $100 is like an annual subscription for Fireflies, and you can do unlimited mm -hmm. meetings. So we completely changed the cost dynamics of what this could do. Um, so for us, it was really about lowering the cost uh, of entry for people to have their meetings transcribed 
And then there was this other wave of LLMs and open AI and all this generative AI tech that's happened over the past year and a half, which allowed us to write human-like summaries. And mm -hmm. that was another hook that became really, really valuable. And the final piece of this is the more people inside an organization that use Fireflies and all of those meetings go to the central repository or workspace, as we call it, the more valuable it is for the team, because now you have the conversations and all of the knowledge of your customers, your candidates, and your colleagues in one central place. So it accrued over time, and then the distribution effects, the virality of it also grew over time. Uh, to date, you said that you hadn't read a single marketing piece or blog or content from Fireflies, but you somehow discovered it because you saw other people use it. And I think that's the holy grail of any sort of product you build is word of mouth and uh, other people telling other people. And uh, for us, we just tapped into that and we wanted to make it really, really frictionless for people to uh, start using. And you wouldn't believe, like, we have over 150,000 uh, different companies where Fireflies is being used by individuals and teams. But, you know, we spent almost close to zero on any sort of performance marketing. High chance that you probably saw you didn't see a single Google or Facebook ad from us in this entire mm -hmm. journey. Maybe something that we'll look into in the future, but that uh, I think, yeah, being product led had uh, brought us to that uh, juncture. All right. So I want to rewind a bit because there was something you talked about in the beginning there that really struck me. Uh, and that was, you know, validating the need before writing a single line of code. Um, this has been my mantra actually for, for almost a decade now. Um, I actually wrote a book on this subject called the build the right things. So as a CTO myself, I've written a ton of code that went nowhere a ton of code that had no use, no function, uh, and was, you know, scrapped or put on a shelf or worse, released into the public and, and fell on its face. Um, and so I discovered this concept of, of human-centered design and, and, and sort of discovery-led growth, I'll call it, um, where, you know, we validate concepts and we validate prototypes and we create, you know, clickable prototypes and storyboards and those sorts of things to really validate that we're building the right things before we start coding. And I still get resistance to that to this day. I still get, uh, you know, client, you know, potential coaching clients or people, you know, wanting to join my, my accelerator um, who, who doubt that that's really possible. Like, can you really validate an idea without building something with code? Um, and, and so you've, you've validated that. You've proven that. And so thank you so much for doing that. And I, I love seeing that uh, sort of out in the wild. And then you, you mentioned one of the ways that I, that I, describe how to do it. And I call it the Flintstone method. You ever watch the Flintstones as a yeah, kid? So, you know, the Flintstones, they've got all these gadgets and gizmos and, and then they open up a hatch and there's a hamster on a wheel that's making the thing run. <laughs> so that's what I call it is when, you know, you, you think you're engaging with a computer system and then there's a human on the background that's doing something, right? In your case, it's transcribing, but in a lot of cases, it might be doing something with some spreadsheets or running some sort of SQL queries or something that does the hard work that would normally be automated just to prove the concept, right? And, and you know, they, they engage with it and they say, yeah, that actually would work really well and maybe this and that could work better. Um, but you're proving that there's a need there before you go spend the expense of, of fully automating it. Um, so again, I just, I'm, I'm, I get giddy when I hear these kinds of anecdotes and stories because I feel like sometimes a crazy person that I'm, I'm preaching this thing that, uh, 
to me just seems so clear and obvious. We can always ship faster and we can always simplify things. I think the art of any PM, any great product person is taking something complex and simplifying it further and further. Mm -hmm. And the last place you think about it is B2B software or enterprise software, which we work in, where it's supposed to be complicated. It's supposed to be hard. But Mm -hmm. I think you can always keep chipping away at the problem. And I always think Mm -hmm. of product, even when I use Fireflies myself every single day, I look at, you know, this is like a sculpture that can be continuously be chiseled, continuously be worked Mm -hmm. on. Um, you know, that's that's the uh, inspiration I take from my own personal life as well in terms of when it comes to um, what are areas I can make myself better. And one of the common mm-hmm. goals that we have across the company is if we look back at the product and all the different things that we're doing, if we're not incredibly better a year from now than what we were a year ago, then mm-hmm. we're not moving in the right direction. And Sometimes that means removing features. Sometimes it means simplifying things so that you are not getting in the way of customers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were so product-led to the extreme that we felt in the early days, no salespeople. It's a common thing that product and engineering-oriented founders do. So Mm -hmm. we had to build the hard way, a self-service motion where people can go use the product, try it, free tier, free trial, uh, and then purchase it without ever talking to a person. I felt like if you had to come talk to support in order to purchase or use the product, that was a bug in the system and we had to fix it. So building that autonomous loop really centered around thinking about the customer all the time. Obviously, as you start scaling, no matter how good your flow is, your self-service flow, there will be some folks that need to be handheld and need to talk to a person. So we made the decision that when we did introduce what we call customer onboarding managers, uh, really our pre-sales and salespeople, We felt like we allow customers to buy the way they want. And if they need someone, we'll have someone right here. So Mm -hmm. that's something that uh, that's Mm -hmm. also been, again, even our sales function and customer support function has been inspired by the the lessons learned from product management. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So you've really, really embraced the the product-led growth uh, philosophy um, and, and to some great success. Um, What are some of the challenges that you faced in your, in your journey? I think the advice you get from different people varies, especially when we started product-led growth wasn't the theme of the town as it is Mm -hmm. today. Uh, Focusing on a horizontal product was also not something that people encouraged. At the time when the technology was new, it wasn't great. The focus was you need to go to finding a ACV or customer value where they're going to pay you lots of money and it's a low-hanging fruit. And that was sales. And so they would say, you need to do top-down enterprise or mid-market level sales. You need to build a demand gen function and you need to sell at like a really high ACVs. So there were some companies that have done that, um, have been successful at the enterprise level, but they charge $150 per seat per user. And in our mind, we felt like cost should not be a barrier for people to use Fireflies. Mm. So today you can get a Firefly subscription for $10, $20, $30 per month, like max. And the idea that every person inside the org should use it, not just salespeople, because the knowledge and conversations of everyone is going to be far more valuable. It's going to make your team more inclusive and connected. Uh, That was a pitch from uh, that's we always held on to. We also made the company remote from day one. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in Silicon Valley that we went against the norms uh, and it 
definitely was difficult in the early days, right? When you pitch to investors or when you're trying to get traction. The fastest way to get traction is have really good salespeople with a mediocre product and then sell, sell, sell. Uh, the hardest path is building a freemium product where you're going to have tons of free users, maybe many that might think about paying but don't pay for a very long time, and building this huge grassroots effort. Um, and essentially, you're building a little wave that starts picking up momentum, momentum over time, and then it starts overtaking some of the legacy products that are in the market, the overly expensive products. So mm. in the early days, it was very tough to beat out like salespeople that are selling $150 per seat product, uh, which was very much focused around sales. Today, so many people hear about Fireflies that as soon as their contract ends with some of those other products, the first thing they say is, I want to switch to Fireflies now. Um, this is a no-brainer. You're much easier to use. It's really affordable. And I can use the, for the cost I pay to just have 10 salespeople use it at my company, I can have everyone in my company use it. So I think mm -hmm. those were some key wins uh, against the norm or advice that people get. So always take advice with a grain of salt, because at the end of the day, what matters is what your customers say and what they're willing to pay for. Mm -hmm. uh, not some investor, not some person that is sitting in a room who's never built a startup uh, giving you feedback, because ultimately the real judge of what you do is if someone is willing to pay for the product you built mm -hmm. and if they're willing to use it and promote it to other folks. And if you can't get that, then go back to the drawing board.